Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Jason Morgan from MuscleWorks, Carolina Beach, Wilmington, North Carolina area. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing awesome, buddy. How about you, Dominic? I'm doing just fantastic. Technical difficulties aside, it's going to be a good show. I'm happy to have you here. Tell us all about MuscleWorks. What is it that you do there? MuscleWorks is a uh, smaller gym. Uh, We uh, have a very intimate focus with our clients. Uh, We tend to focus more on uh, the medical well-being of our clients, uh, helping them alleviate uh, chronic conditions, uh, things that now that uh, our client base has started to get older after 25 years. Uh, so we've, we've changed sort of what the traditional dynamic is from personal trainers or, or even gyms. And uh, we think we've got a great approach. Got it. Got it. So how did you determine that you were going to niche down into that going from, you know, maybe general fitness or personal training for aesthetics, thing like that into this, you know, uh, more medical related uh, niche specialty that you have here? What was the evolution of that? Uh, Shortly after I got certified in 1996, uh, I experienced my own health issues was diagnosed with uh, a chronic condition, uh, type 2 diabetes. And like a lot of people, uh, I kind of put blinders on and listened to the traditional medical diagnosis and the traditional medical treatment. And I started questioning as I learned more about the disease and found that that I was not getting the results, uh, that I had certain factors in my own journey that were not being taken into account by the medical professionals that I was seeing over the years. And I saw multitudes of them. Um, so I started looking and I noticed that uh, the more I talked to my clients, the more that, that those clients had similar issues. And, you know, they're going to uh, a, a doctor or any type of medical professional exceed, uh, expecting a certain return uh, or a certain outcome, and they were not getting the outcome. It seemed like they were taking this medicine, and then they had to take another medicine to offset the bad of this medicine, and it was just a constant Band-Aid over top of symptoms without anything curative. So I started looking into, um, you know, the, the root cause of the chronic disease, and of course, the, the name disease in and of itself means our body is in a state of dis-ease. So when we, we start focusing on the, the root cause of the conditions and we can reverse the root cause, we can then reverse the conditions in, in a multitude of cases. And that's, that's what got me started. Got it. Got it. So this was early on for you that you realized this was the direction that you wanted to take. It was fairly early on, but it took years of, of learning and, and honing and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to get some, some great mentors that, uh, you know, were able to help me kind of niche down into the market. Uh, they also had similar uh, interest. And, you know, it, it was a refining process. So uh, what I did in, in 1998, you know, ended up becoming what I did in 2008, which is developing what I do now. 
So it's it's been a progression, uh, and as you know, we've learned more, uh, and as we become more uh, successful with things, and now feel like we have, you know, the solution that can help anybody from, uh, you know, professional athlete down to you know, Miss Nancy next door who's in her her seventies and just having a tough time getting around. Fantastic. So you know specifically who you are, what you're doing, who you want to do it for, how you want to do it. Your identity is solidified, the business, what, what you're doing. You're in not an inflexible position, but more or less solidified with this is going to be your niche for as long as you're in the business. Right. Yeah, I, I really try to focus on uh, an ICA or ideal client avatar. It doesn't mean that I limit myself solely to that but but that is the the one thing that i can certainly identify with um i will go out on a limb and say i am the expert in that area um especially in my uh in my area uh here in north carolina uh there's nobody else doing what we do and you know that's that's a big plus as, as far as owning a business when you can carve out that niche for yourself um, especially if you, you have no competition, then where does anybody go? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have that niche. How do you spread that word to people? What types of advertising marketing are you doing to get people in the door that want what you have? Well, we've, we've used Facebook marketing in the past. Uh, we have, you know, the Google AdWords, uh, pretty much everything that has kind of come down through the years. What I find now is I do a lot of word of mouth um, invitations. So um, it's, it's a little old school. We try to meet five people a day. Um, if I can get in front of, of five new people a day, hey, in 20 seconds, I can give you my elevator speech, tell you what it is I do. And, and uh, if you're interested, then I can invite you to talk to me more. Um, that by far is always the best way to garner any client because it's face-to-face -face. uh you're you can separate yourself from from the competition you're not the same uh you're not just another gym down the road doing a six-week challenge or whatever that everybody kind of sees and skips over uh on, on social media marketing and and in today's society i think um you know with social media being what it is uh politically and everything else you alienate a lot of people if you're on one side of the fence or the other um, you have to be very careful with the way you word things um, so as to not be offensive or to be politically correct and yeah you know, i'd just rather be truthful for you i'd rather stand in front of you i don't care if you're blue green red yellow black or blue um, let's talk as humans and let's let's try to help each other out that's that's what we're supposed to do as a society uh, and that's what my calling is to do as, as a, a fitness professional. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, the organic approach, the word of mouth, referrals, the hand-to-hand, -hand, whatever you want to call it, is great, right? It's always going to provide people who you already have a built-in relationship with, who have some expectation, some understanding of who you are. Uh, the hardest thing about it is scaling it, right? I know that you're not trying to go in and be a 500 or a thousand or 10,000 member, you know, LA fitness type facility. Um, but still, there's only so much time in the day. 
you're, you're running a business. How do you manage figuring out how you can actually have time to make those new relationships all the time? The um, um, biggest thing that I, that I have found is, you know, is I ask for referrals. Um, I incentivize referrals. Uh, I have a little uh, punch card that, um, you know, where I, I will actually pay people um, a, a fair amount of money. It's, I think it's six, six or seven punches on the card can get them upwards of, of $600 in, in gift certificates or returns. Um, I also, you know, I do do some, some social media marketing. Um, it's, it's a very tough market, you know, uh, it can, it can get expensive. And if you don't have the right wording, it may or may not be effective. Um, I think when you find something uh, along those lines that works through test marketing and stuff like that, it's, I think it still can be phenomenal because social media is such uh, an active part of, of our daily lifestyle, whether we realize it or not. So um, uh, a lot of our traditional marketing has sort of fallen by the wayside. You don't, you know, people don't answer mailers. They throw junk mail away. They, you know, so you have to find a, a different route uh, and you, you have to test what works in your area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of it is A-B testing. It's trial and error. It's either that or, you know, if you, you're either putting money into it and doing all the legwork yourself or figuring out somebody who's got a formula that works elsewhere, but you can still adapt it to your specific thing, right? There's no one size fits all in, in any type of marketing advertising. And, you know, it's, you could dump thousands of dollars before you know what would even happen and not get anything back. Or if you, you hit it right, you know, you can get more money, you know, ideally more money back than you put in, right? Maybe two to one, three to one dollars out versus dollars in, but you got to hit that formula or else, you know, it's, it's wild, right? If you can't track it, if you don't know exactly what's going on and you don't have that power uh, behind it with the, the, the good research and the knowing what works for your niche, uh, it can, it can go, it can go sideways real fast. Right. And sometimes it's as simple as, um, one or two words, uh, mm -hmm. the difference, one or two words in, in an ad, uh, there's a, a difference in the way certain words make you feel and certain thought processes and, um, how you react to those words. There are words that will cause somebody to, to take action or, or words that will cause certain people to, sh to shut down. And it's a, it's a very fine line sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I want to switch gears to what happens when people actually do get in front of you or whoever's doing, you know, your initial consultation, your sales meetings with clients with the majority of what's working best for you right now, being a lot of the, the hand to hand, the referral marketing, the, your introduction relationships. Do you find that the, the sales process is different? It's more enjoyable. It's easier when people come in off of some type of established relationship. Well, I think anytime you have some type of warm relationship, it's, it's definitely going to be better than just a flat out cold call um, or somebody walking off the street. What I find is everybody's so uh, apprehensive uh, about things nowadays they you know i encourage 
people to to question. Um, and but we've gotten into a, we've gotten into a situation where people no longer trust. And I think when you have that that warm relationship, you are have already developed at least a slight element of trust. Somebody trusts you enough to, to sit down in front of. You. Uh, once I get you in front of me, uh, my next step is I have, uh, for lack of a better word, an intake questionnaire. Uh, mm -hmm. Eleven quick questions. Uh, we sit down and determine if you are um, in what we refer to as a state of remass. Um, it's uh, a point system. Uh, we can tell you, you know, kind of, uh, you know, hey, you're in. You're in really good shape here. These are a few things that you need some direction with, or man, you know, you really got to do something or you're headed for some real chronic problems. So um, that gives us a good visual tool and lets people kind of get in their own head and think about things they may not normally think about from a traditional fitness out. Well, you know, they're not walking through the door going, oh, you know, I want to lose some weight, or hey, I, I want to learn how to work out, or you, know, you want to learn how to work out, watch a YouTube video. I mean, there's thousands of them online now. And, you know, if, if you want to, to focus on actually being better, um, creating a state of wellness and returning your body back to homeostasis, that's where I can help you out. And our process kind of takes you through that step by step as we, we guide you to understanding what's truly going on with your body and that does make the process a lot easier. It's hard to, it's hard to argue with your own answers. You know, if you're, if you're being truthful about the, that little 11 question quiz that I give you and a healthy score is a seven and you've scored a 50, how can you sit there and tell me that, that there's nothing wrong with you? So at that point, it's, it's a much easier uh, process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, You've mentioned a couple of times, you know, it's it's a total total outlook, a holistic approach. It's more wellness than just, you know, strength or muscle building or fat loss. So I know North Carolina has some pretty strict rules as far as what you can do nutritionally. When somebody comes in and they are looking to make this holistic change, um, are you offering them, you know, a subcontracted dietitian service? Are you offering them dietary supplements? Are there other things that they can get through you, through your facility, other than just working with a trainer? Yeah, or we do have uh, uh, other income streams. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I do work with uh, two different supplement companies. One is more sports supplement oriented, uh, and the other is more of a wellness um, supplement um, company. We, uh, I don't push supplements of, of any type. Uh, it's not a requirement. What we do is we do focus on whole foods. We give recommendations nutritionally. Um, in North Carolina, you cannot prescribe a diet unless you're a registered dietitian. But I can say, hey, you know, here's a recipe for a green smoothie. You ought to try this out, you know? And, um, and so, you know, I personally drink it at midday and you know, mid-afternoon, <laughs> I haven't prescribed you anything. I've just told you what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I can give you samples uh, of a program as long as I don't say this is what I'm prescribing for you to do. 
you can you can kind of dance around it and know what your scope of practice is allowed and you're not going to do anything that's going to put in anybody's harm and i'm i'm sure you always qualify it hey you should call you know talk to a dietitian if you want a specific plan but this is what somebody like you might have done or well, something. And i'm very fortunate as well too that a lot of uh and i didn't mention this earlier but i do get a lot of referrals because I'm working directly with the medical community. Um, I consider myself a medical fitness consultant uh, mm -hmm. instead of just a personal trainer or certified fitness trainer, or however you want to term it, depending on what certification you have. Um, so in the fact that I am getting a, a large number of referrals from doctors, I'm very fortunate to be able to go back and, and refer those clients to the doctor and say, hey, you know, Here's some suggestions. Go talk to your, your doctor. Make sure, you know, what what they think is okay with this. And if they have any challenges, then we can work on it. But once that doctor gives us the okay, it's the same as a dietitian. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have you have that part also nailed down. It's it's good to hear, you know, there's different, there's different points of view on supplements. Um, you know, I, I think that all facilities should at least have some options that way because you're always going to have clients are going to ask you, Hey, what do you recommend? What do you use? What can I buy? Then you can spend two hours giving them a list to go to GNC. Right. And they'll, they'll sell them some different stuff or whatever the supplement shop is. And so at least if they're going to buy it, you can give them a recommendation that you believe in. It's not so much pushing everybody to, Hey, you should buy it. You should buy it. You should buy it. But people are, you've been in the business 25 years. People are going to ask, right? Someone probably asks you once a week what you use. So it's good to at least have those options. And then you can you can kind of pick and choose how you make the recommendations. So I like that approach for sure. So I, I kind of, I think we have a pretty good idea of where you are now. Um, and, and it's tough without a backstory. So you've had a kind of a, during COVID, you had a little head to head with the state. Um, and then you've since regrouped to a different business model. So if you could kind of package that up for us, give us a little summary and then tell me where, where the facility is going now that you're in that new incarnation, what your plans are, uh, that'd be great. Well, first and foremost, uh, like a lot of business owners, I had the dream of uh, working on my facility instead of in my facility as much, you know, the, the, you hear the, the financial freedom and the this and the that and the other and, and grow and expand. And, and I did over the years to the point where I was in a 9,000 square foot facility. We had essentially three separate areas of 3,000 square feet each that we were able to, to do various things in from a youth wrestling club to our group fitness training to our um, you know, membership or one-on-one -on -one type stuff. During the COVID situation, um, the governor of the great state of North Carolina decided to shut down uh, gyms and non-essential businesses. I was a good boy for the first two weeks, and then they extended it by four more weeks at the six-week mark. I had enough time on my hands. I did some research and found out that that wasn't exactly uh, a legal thing that he was able to do, that there were some, some loopholes and uh, some things that were done imp improperly. So I took it upon myself with my attorney to sue the governor of the state of North Carolina. Uh, the biggest issue that I had with it was uh, through my own experiences, health experiences, 
Uh, I had a cardiac incident uh, about three years ago, uh, and they shut down the cardiac rehab at the hospital under the guise of it being a gym. Now, if you had had a massive heart attack and part of your rehabilitation to get better, to get well, was that you needed to go through this fitness program that was supervised at the hospital and the governor of the state's telling you, oh, you can't do it because you may get sick from a virus. Yet the hospital's function is just that you can't get what you need as treatment. I had a real problem with that. Um, you're denying people uh, their health. Um, and so I, I took out a lawsuit. In the gist of it, my landlords at the facility I was in, they had different political beliefs than me and called the law on me. Um, judge determined that I was open legally. Uh, we went through different things and I just felt like at the time that was not gonna be a viable relationship to continue. Um, so uh, a smaller gym about four miles down the road was owned by a young lady that used to work for me about 10 years ago. She was having some, some issues, struggling through COVID, not knowing what she was going to do, was just ready to, to get out of it. And uh, I made her offer to purchase that gym, downsized, and it allowed me to go back to doing what I really like to do, which was helping my clients become well. Got it, got it. And now going forward, um, you know, it, there's always, there's always going to be so many people who are going to reach out to you and, and just start looking for a general fitness or weight loss. Are you at the point now where I know you're pretty close to capacity where I don't want to say you're turning those people down, but are you, are you strictly prioritizing trying to find those people who are medically unwell that you can have a bigger impact on? Where are you as far as that process goes? I, I think you have to understand that if you are experiencing problems with weight loss, uh, that you're having problems with being able to lose weight, um, you are starting to experience insulin resistance uh, because you've gained excess weight. Um, you're having uh, shortness of breath uh, because your cardiovascular function. Those are three chronic conditions. You fall right in line with what I'm doing. Okay. Um, you, it, you know, uh, again, it's like I said before, most people walk into the gym and go, I want to, I want to lose weight. Okay. Well, no, you don't want to lose weight. You want to lose body fat because if you have 10 pounds of fat versus 10 pounds of muscle, it's a completely different metabolic reaction. You know, um, they come in and go, I want to feel better. Uh, you know, I, my joint mobility is such and such. I want to, you know, be able to walk down the beach with my, my granddaughter and it hurts, it hurts my knees. Uh, and what we start looking is we see markers of inflammation, the CRP and, and different things like that are relatively high. Well, when we can reduce the amount of inflammation in the body, we reduce, reduce the amount of dis-ease that's in the body. Therefore, we reduce factors for disease and we make you well. So everything that you're saying, it's just a different way of looking at it. Okay, it's, it's not so pigeonholed as I want to lose weight. Well, if you go to the restroom and have a bowel movement, you're going to lose weight. You know, and I, I mean, it sounds crass, but that's that's the truth of it. So no, what we want to do is change the, the inner workings of the body, return the body to a state of homeostasis. And then we can make your body do whatever you want to do from that point, whether it be just general fitness, bodybuilding from an athletic 
performance stance, but let's let's fix it from the root cause of what's really going on. Got it. Got it. So you're taking what people are telling you that they want, and you're just digging one extra level deeper than almost almost anybody. Because I know there's other people doing similar things, but not a lot. Probably not enough. So you're digging into what that root cause is and wanting to work on that versus just saying, all right, just, just go into this program, you'll lose weight. You're really making people come face to face with the below the surface, the real thing that's going on and helping them figure out how to fix that and then go towards whatever the thing was they, they thought they wanted. Exactly. I've always been with the philosophy of you don't put somebody on a bench press that they can't do a push-up. Um, so we, we start at ground level and then we go because then you have a steady progression. You, ha you have that, that steady climb. It's, I always used to joke and equate it to the, the mountain climber game on uh, Price is Right. You know, you want to you go steadily up, but you don't want to fall over the edge of the mountain. And that's, that's what I think a lot of people do uh, by trying to go from zero to 60 without ever passing five, 10 or 15 first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I follow that. And, and I think that's a great philosophy. Unfortunately, we are just about out of time here today, sir. But before I let you go, uh, I need our listeners to be able to know where they can find you online. If they're looking for you, if you're on social media, I know you have the website muscleworkswithanx.com. Where else can people find you if, if they're trying to look? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook under uh, uh, Jason Morgan. I also have uh, the MuscleWorks Fitness uh, page on Facebook. MuscleWorks on Twitter. Um, your three, you know, your three biggies on social media. I'm there. There's uh, MuscleWorks Fitness on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, so hit me up. I'll be glad to answer any questions you might have. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, we thank you for your time. We appreciate you spending some, some of your day with us. If you want to hear more episodes, we know you do. Smash that subscribe button. Leave us a like. Leave a comment. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description. There's a form. You can fill it out. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Jeff. Jeff, how's it going, man? It's going great, Ryan. Good to yeah. see you. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, so we'll kind of go ahead and get right into this. So what is the name of your facility and where are you located at? Name of our facility is the Belmont Athletic Club. We're in Long Beach, California. Nice. And we're actually 
just recently comprised of two facilities. Oh, really? The Belmont Athletic Club is the main facility, and we just launched a new uh, branch, a small group training facility in uh, June of this year uh, called Shore Strength Lab. Shore Strength Lab. Yeah. I love that. So is that, um, is that in the same, so that's in the same building? It, it is. It's, uh, we took over a space uh, that was previously occupied by another business that mm-hmm. was uh, in our same building. Mm-hmm. Uh, they left a couple of years ago and we took over that space. Okay. Well, that's awesome, man. So, um, and I'm curious before we get too much into that, um, you've got a pretty unique story of how you got to the, where you're at today. So if you don't kind of mind to share that with us, I'd be glad to hear it. Sure. I mean, I, I got into the business back in 1985. Okay. Um, and actually prior to that, I worked at a, another facility at the front desk. So I guess technically my, my experience goes back to about 82. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I came here, um, I had worked with the general manager that, of the club at that point at that first facility that I worked at. Uh, she just took over here and called me up and asked if I could come in and help her out. She was new here and just needed some, uh, some people around her that knew what they were doing. Okay. So I came in and we were primarily a racquetball club at that point. You know, mm-hmm. it's the early eighties. It was huge. Yeah. And I came in and all I did was string rackets. I came in two days a week <laughs> and I was the racket stringer guy. Okay. All right. Racket stringer guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I come in, string my rackets and go home. Uh, after a few weeks, she offered me a few shifts at the front desk. Uh, gladly took it because I was in in school and needed gas money and didn't have much going on. So right. I took it. And then one thing led to another. That's awesome. So after that, so over the years, you kind of like you worked your way up, right? So you went from that to... What was the, like the next steps? After so that? I went from that to, you know, take it over a few front desk shifts, then um, took over a weekend uh, management position. Um, did that for a couple years. Uh, took over a sales position then for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then became the assistant manager of the entire facility mm-hmm. um, after that. And then in not sure the exact date, but it was somewhere in the early nineties is when I took over as a general manager. Okay. And I was in that position until 2012. Awesome. So 2012 comes around and basically did you approach the owners or did the, the owners approach you or how did that work out? The owner approached me and, and we had discussed for about a couple of years prior, starting about 2010, Mm-hmm. that at some point he wanted to kind of step away, spend time with his grandkids and, um, you know, start taking it easy and enjoying himself. Yeah. Um, and we discussed how I might be able to take over ownership of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and it literally took a couple of years to get it figured out. Um mostly because of the tax implications when you right, right. transfer a property like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what we ended up 
doing was forming uh, an ESOP, uh, mm -hmm. an employee stock option program. Mm -hmm. And so we're basically employee owned. Okay. Okay. Kind of like Southwest Airlines. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're employee owned. Right. Um, no. We did the same thing. And that was our, the vehicle to, to me being able to take over ownership. Well, that's awesome, man. So what is, well, what's the size of the facility? Uh, we're about 26,500 square feet. Okay. Um, wow. The size. building is, um, was actually built as a theater. Our, our building oh. goes back to the 20s. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It was originally the Belmont Theater. Okay. And uh, was a stage theater for years and years. Uh, when movies became a thing, it converted to a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And it was a movie theater until the late 70s. Wow. And uh, when that went away, building was empty for about two years three years almost um and the original owner uh at that point leased it and converted it into the belmont well there you go so yeah. so now so here you are now um so so i'm curious now what um so the model of the gym it's basically like an open like an open gym right like a big box gym pretty much yeah okay. it, you know opens a little you know the concept yeah um we're not you know being a converted theater mm -hmm. you know the club itself is over three levels okay um tends to be a little broken up because yeah. of that layout uh -huh. um, but yeah it's a multi-purpose uh facility awesome so um now one thing i'm curious about so uh, when you guys so the the small group the shore strength club that you guys started up uh -huh. so what what kind of led to that and and why why the different name for that um actually it's a really good question when we found out that the space next door to us was going to be available mm -hmm. um you know we'd had our eye on it for years okay and we found out in about 2017 it was going to be available Mm -hmm. early 17 and our thought was yeah we obviously would like to have it um but what are we going to do with it right. it's 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 in the front um of our building street level and one of the things that really attracted us to it is the visibility of that space mm -hmm. um it's all window storefront all the way across and it gives uh, good visibility. You know, one of the, one of the downsides and issues that the Belmont's always dealt with has been a relatively small storefront mm -hmm. for a 26,000 square foot facility. Okay. You know, okay. it's not like you can drive by and look in and say, wow, they've got this, 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 right you know from the street it looks relatively small until you actually walk inside and yeah. then it opens up uh just you know basically like a theater would yeah um yeah. so it gave us additional exposure and let us bring uh a facet to the club that we didn't have before mm -hmm. with a uh a small group training facility that was dedicated specifically to that yeah now and what is the size of that um that addition 
so that addition is only about 1500 square feet okay but that i mean but for for the group train or small group train that's all you need though right exactly yeah yeah exactly it, it was perfect for for that use yeah now do you guys um and and that's what i love about it so so you guys do one-on-one -on -one training as well right yeah we've yeah. always done one-on-one -on -one also Okay. And so, and so you probably, so what was your reasoning for, for going into the small group or doing that transition? You know, we, we'd seen a lot of, uh, a lot of people coming into the market mm -hmm. um, that do variations of small group training. Right. You know, F45 type facilities or Barry's boot camp type facilities. Mm -hmm. And we thought that was something that we could do that we were particularly well-suited to do. Mm -hmm. um, we've done versions of that within our existing facility, but never had a dedicated space for it. Yeah. And we thought, you know, with the, with the trainers and the people that we have available to us, that it would be something that we could do very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. And now how long has that been a thing now that, um, that you guys started that? So it, uh, just opened actually this year, we opened it Ooh. in June of 2021 and it took, you know, all of pretty much 18 negotiating with the building owner right. on taking over the space. Mm -hmm. Uh, then 2019 dealing with the city on, or parking requirements mm -hmm. that ate up another year and then 2020 hit and everybody in our industry knows what happened then uh yeah yeah all too well <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know and that was kind of it was a really odd time other than you know being shut down for yeah for you know 13 months mm -hmm. um we also were faced with the the thought of, are we actually going to do this additional part of our business considering we're currently shut down and going to be coming out of this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, somewhat compromised. Um, but one thing that we, we really discussed um, while we were shut down was when we come back, we want to come back better than before and stronger than before and have something different to offer uh, our current membership and, and possible new, new clients. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. Strength lab seemed to be a really good answer for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love the concept and you're, and you're right with, with the small group training, you know, I think like before COVID, like, you know, there was the whole group training, you know, the, right. but uh, one thing is, you know, I kind of noticed, and I think everyone in the industry, you know, noticed that that trend was kind of starting to die down anyways, because, you know, before you had your group classes, you know, a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago, where you could do like a transformation program and have the groups and everything. And it was all, right. you know, you could get a higher ticket, but then I think it all started to become more commoditized. You know, people started lowering the prices for unlimited group training. Yep. And then I think pretty much, I, I don't want to speak in certainty, but COVID pretty much, you know, wiped the rest of that out as far as, you know, making a good profit on that. Right. You know, so group train, small group training, you know, kind of naturally evolved out of that. Um, we were already doing it anyways, and I, I liked it better, but it was a really good excuse for us 
you know, to be able to solely focus on that instead of worrying about your large groups anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a model that lends itself to, you know, to changing it and updating it and evolving very quickly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we like the concept of, you know, not only just having something different in house, mm-hmm. but given the, the location of it, it was something, a part of our gym that we could open to the public. Yeah. And that's yeah. the, one of the primary differences between that and the overall gym, the Belmont Athletic Club mm-hmm. is Shore Strength Lab is also open to the public. You don't have to have a membership within the Belmont to use it. Yeah. 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 I love that. So I'm curious now, like, as far as like marketing, um, what, what are you guys doing right now? Um, you know, just, just to get people in the door, like for the gym overall, especially after COVID. Well, most of our focus had been, uh, in-house initially, um, you know, on social media and reaching out through email blasts, uh, internally. Mm -hmm. And we recently, um, literally just uh, about what, three weeks ago, um, brought in a, a marketing company that I had used for the Belmont prior to COVID. Okay. Um, and we're starting with a, a small budget and starting to promote uh, uh, promote Shore Strength Lab specifically right now um, using that company, um, you know, with online email promotions and things like that. Yeah. Basically brand awareness programs. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I love, so you're, you're marketing that separately and that's, that's cool too, because I mean, it's new and it's fresh, you know, and coming up this time of year too is when it will really kick off. Yeah. Or it should within the next three to four months. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what is it um, now? And, and I guess you could kind of go back to the Belmont stuff with us too. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you guys do to get people um, in front of your personal trainers, you know, or maybe into an additional service, a higher level? Well, with our personal trainers, um, we start with every um, new member is offered two complimentary uh, orientation sessions with a trainer. Okay. You know, and the Belmont pays for the trainer's time to, to do this. Um, but we feel that it's it's money well spent, absolutely, uh, to get them, you know, in front of a trainer. You know, it, there's one thing to to offer sessions like that and to have a you know a great facility and all the equipment and blah 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 blah. But to me, the fitness experience is completely different, especially for the novice person uh, or maybe the person who. Um, you know, hasn't exercised much in their, in their life at all. You sit down with a qualified trainer and have somebody who knows what they're doing, explain to them, not only what they're going to be doing, but why they're going to be doing it. Um, it's completely different. Yeah. And I think it's, it's the strongest advertising that that one-on-one eye to eye connection mm-hmm. with a fitness professional. Yeah. Um, it beats any type of a coupon, you know, whatever 
freebie thing you want to throw out there. If you yeah. can just get somebody to give even half an hour of their time. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be by far the most effective way to, uh, to get them going. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I think one of, one of the things, you know, uh, among the industry that, that people have had trouble with is like, of course, someone comes in, you know, and, you know, and it's pretty standard across the industry. Like someone will get, um, you know, a free assessment, something along those lines, like same concept, basically. Right. So I think the big thing is, is number one, how do you get people scheduled for it? And number two, like, you know, how do you get those people that schedule to show? So have you guys solved <laughs> some problems with that over the years? You know, that has been an ongoing thing because, you know, we, where we stress it, like, uh, like I said before, is that point of sale. Yeah. And we start on the, on the tour. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're talking to people not only about the uh, facility itself, but how we can best help them. You know, we, mm -hmm. we, we want to know why they came in first of all, mm -hmm. and we put all the focus towards trying to solve that, that issue that yeah. for them. Um, and for us, that's going to be with training and it starts before they agree to join, make sure that they know it's available. We show them where the trainers uh, work and we just apply whatever issues they're talking about and try to show them how, how we can best help them. Yes. You know, if they allow us. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, I'm sure, you know, that even the best of efforts, you get them, you get them signed up, they're excited about it and then they don't keep the appointment. Yeah. Um, for us, that's, you know, it switched over to the trainers and that's on their plate uh, to try and work with them uh, and encourage them, you know, to come in and get that done. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a good point. So basically, um, you know, when they're assigned, when the trainer is assigned that session, so they take over like lead nurture and, and everything yep. like that. Right. So it's kind of in their pipeline, like, you know, of course it's on them to get them to show. I mean, and it, it benefits them too. Right. I mean, if the person doesn't, absolutely, show, they lose an opportunity. That's exactly right. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, we have a, a really good dedicated group of trainers that I think fully understand that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's not easy to do. You know, in my experience, not at all. Um, a lot of trainers, you know, they, they know what they're talking about when it comes to, you know, anatomy, kinesiology, mm -hmm. fitness training, um, when it comes to selling, they tend to not want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the sales, the sales department's job, yeah. you know, get, get them in front of me and then I'll take it. Well, yeah. that's all well and good. Um, but I think qualified professionals like that can be some of the best salespeople. Oh, they you know, they, they have, a, they have a passion for, the the industry that can be infectious yes and yes. i think you know a new client can really respond to that when yeah. you're talking to somebody like that so yeah um i think our people you know get that and they stick with it or at least try to yeah i, I agree and you know that kind of goes back to the whole thing like 
you know, um, you know, when, when you have the no like, and trust factor, um, you know, it, it's really easy to build rapport and, you know, and to make the sales and, you know, and really like, I think coming from a personal trainer standpoint for them, it can like most of them, I mean, of course, everyone needs to make money, you know, right. trainers, businesses, you know, I mean, that's a given, but the trainers are more focused on, you know, helping this person. And right. I think, you know, the, the prospect can feel that. And of course we all know it's going to cost money, but they're like, well, this guy or this, this lady really wants to help me get to where I want to go. And maybe this sales guy is just looking for the next check. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just coming from a different, a a different space, you know? Um, And I, you know, I think some of the, the best salespeople we've ever had um, have been personal trainers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. I love hiring trainers to do sales. Yeah. Because um, yeah. they, they come from the right place. Yeah. You know, they, they understand how they can help and they truly want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about just making a buck. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, Jeff, we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast here. So um, one thing I always like to ask people um, like, let's say like within the next year, what does growth look like for you guys? Well, you know, it's kind of weird. A lot of that's going to kind of depend on some of the local mandates as far as that's the mask policies and all that, Yeah, you know, setting that aside um, since we've been, well, reopened in March of this year, um, growth has been steady Um we're looking at probably about uh, about 4% right now, 5%, um, which, you know, I'll take that right now mm-hmm. um, over, you know, this time in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of can't refer to 20 for obvious reasons, but <laughs> no, um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be study, but it's going to be, a dog fight for about a year, mm-hmm. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already look, kind of looking forward to fall of 2022. That's when I anticipate substantial growth kicking in. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, awesome. Jeff, man, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, My I had pleasure. a good time. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed it too. I did. I had a blast. You, yeah. you guys have a, a nice deal here and I appreciate being invited. Yeah, absolutely. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the link in the description or please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with Joe from Fitnostics in Stonington, Connecticut. Joe, how are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you. It's, uh, it's nice to talk to a neighbor here, another, another Connecticuter. So tell us about Fitnostics. I'm not familiar with it. What do you do there? Uh, how, are you, how are you changing lives down there in your neck of the woods? Well, we uh, started the gym. Well, I didn't start the gym. It was a, a colleague of mine that started in 2012. Um, she got it going. She was working in the kind of like the physical therapy world, getting into that. Uh, and then she decided to get out of that, really, and um, move into putting a gym together to help people not need physical therapy, so to speak. So kind of get functional training going and um, in a good way. So we uh, partnered up a little bit. Um, I became the manager here in 2014. Um, She decided to go another direction with a career and I bought it in 2016. Um, It's been great. I mean, I took it over. I changed a little bit. Um, Different clientele. It was 90% women when I took over. Um, I started bringing in, you know, more men and trying to balance the the playing field out. I mean, it's definitely still woman dominated, but, uh, but we do have a, a great crew here. It's like a family. Um, and we've been going strong ever since. Awesome, man. So, so you had some history, some background in the industry. You still do some other things. Your, your life, you have fitness here. You have, you work at or for another gym. So you're just, you're touching people in the fitness space all day, every day, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I, when she approached me, I was bartending at a, at a local restaurant and she said, you know, you ever thought about training? And I said, yeah, I was like, you know, I've thought about it. I've said, I'm always looking for a different opportunity to do something different. And uh, she said, okay, you know, why don't you come check out the facility and, you know, work with me a little bit. And, you know, we had been friends prior. So uh, I came in and, you know, I, liked it. I thought it was a completely different way to work out versus like just headed into the gym and, you know, world's gyms, gold gyms, planet fitnesses, whatever, and just kind of lifting weights and going home. You know, it it was kind of like a group of people getting together, you know, they hold you accountable. It's a little bit more metabolic. So I kind of got my ass handed to me the first couple of times, you know, I, you know, I get a little clammy at world's gym when I was working out there in Norwich and I'd be like, okay, that's a must be cardio. But now it's like, we're slamming medicine balls, kettlebell swings, running up and down stairs. It's pretty wild, you know, and your fitness level just changes after that. So um, I really enjoyed it. So I decided to do it. I mean, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I thought trainer, I'm going to be training all the Tom Brady's of the world. You know, I'm all major athletes, but then you come in and you realize the people that need it the most are, you know, people over 40, you know, and that's what our niche is here. It's like, you know, men and women over 40. It's great to see somebody come and I have people all the way up into their almost nineties and watching them actually improve at that stage is, is such a, it's a gift because, 
you don't realize, you know, we, we always think, oh, after 35, 40 years old, you start to lose, you know, muscle mass, it deteriorates, so you got to really stay on top of it. So you're thinking by, you know, 80, 85 years old, oh my, there's no possibility of muscle growth, but it's great watching them grow and watching them improve. And that's what I love about this. Awesome. So you came in, you developed this, this strong passion for training. Then, you know, fast forward a little bit, you become an owner, which, you know, is, is more common than not in the micro gym space where we're fitness first, trainers first, and then somehow or another, we talk ourselves into, you know, signing a lease, buying or starting a business. And then it's like, oh, crash course in business, right? So how has that gone for you? What are the things that you found about the business owning side that you like? And what are some things that you, you don't like or that you had to learn to like? Oh, I mean, in the beginning, it sounds glamorous. I'm a business owner and, you know, this is great. I don't have to answer to anybody. And then, you know, the, the reality really is you have to answer to your customers, which is, is your boss. Like it's never going to change. You're always going to have somebody to answer to. Um, but it's great because you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for them. It's not just like you get lost in the numbers. I worked at the casinos before, um, and done some management at restaurants and stuff like that. But, you know, when you're doing it for yourself, it's just a different world. Um, uh, you know, marketing, I think is probably one of the biggest and hardest things to really get a grip on. You don't want to dump out a ton of money on marketing because you're small and you're trying to put some money in your pocket, but we all know it takes money to make money. And you know, how does that really ring true in a gym? So getting out there and trying the whole, the cheap way, social media, you know, do it yourself, but try not to be cheesy, you know, put out good content, um, you know, make sure people are getting some knowledge from what you're doing. Um, I enjoy it, uh, but it wasn't my first passion is marketing. It's not what my, my business is, you know? So getting a little help on the side and, and, you know, trying to save money where I can was really what we did. Um, could we grow? Oh my goodness. Yeah. We could do so much better in that department. Um, but right now it's really about coming out of this pandemic, um, getting people to come back out again and, and feel comfortable. Um, we never really lost a ton of people, um, most people stayed with us throughout the pandemic. We had a few people that went on hold for a little bit, but it was uh, really nothing terrible. Um, and then when we came back, I mean, other gyms around us didn't quite make it, unfortunately. So, um, you know, we, you know, they found us. They're starting to see our content on social media. It's getting pushed out. Um, every one client that I get, I consider that another marketing tool because they have three or four possibilities of friends that may be like, hey, where do you go? What are you doing? So I look at every new client as a, another option for more clients and then it just snowballs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, word of mouth, referrals, getting that organic side of things is equally as important as the paid advertising, the social media. If you don't have both going, um, you can put a bunch of ads out. And then if someone goes and they try to find you on Facebook or Instagram and you don't have any presence and they're, is this a real thing? Is it a scam? What am I really going to see? You know, they, the advertisements are cool because you can, you can target specific population. You know, if you, if you have the systems in place, you know, you can get a good return on investment, but the people, there needs to be some substance behind it, right? They might see, oh, that looks like a cool promotion. You know, I, I want to lose some weight or I want to gain some muscle. And then they try to figure out what you do at your gym. And if, if your social media is empty, they're like, 
Yeah, nope, not, not, not going to do that. So right. you really need that two-pronged attack for sure. You know, it's the other thing is, is return on investment, right? You have sweat equity in your social media, doesn't cost a whole lot. So it's kind of unlimited return on investment. Whereas, you know, the gyms that are doing well, putting money into the, the Zuckerberg machine, you know, putting Facebook and Instagram ads are getting, you know, doing right, maybe get a two to one, three to one return on investment, which is really good because it can be a black hole, but it's not comparable to the, you know, there's a give and take, right? One is measurable, it's scalable, you can turn it on and off when you want. Organic, you put it out there and you just kind of hope and, and wait for the best. But it, it also brings people in differently. Yeah. So like you have your three main offerings there, right? You do group, semi-private, and then one-on-one -on -one PT is kind of your, your bread and butter offerings there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, your gym is about 2000 square feet, right? So do you have a capacity on your large group? I'm sure for semi and one-on-one, -on -one, that's plenty of space, but what size classes are you holding for your uh, team training? Team training is maxed out at 16 people comfortably. Mm -hmm. um, we've had Saturdays in here where there's been 20, um, you know, as you saw the, the picture of the gym earlier, you can see it's a big open space all the equipment is where it, where it belongs. And then when it's time to break it out, you can really structure it even in a small space like this to run 20 people. You just set up five rows or four rows of five exercises and run it timing wise and just let people go to kettlebells, to mats for some core work or bands or dumbbells and medicine balls. And you just have those four or five rows set up and then you just duplicate it all the way down and it just works. So as long as you have enough equipment, it's just, it's been no problem. But during the pandemic, we cut everything down like we were supposed to in half. Um, and then I kind of added some more classes. So it spread people out a little bit more. Um, so right now we're running like eight to 10 people maximum. Um, not that we can't go to 16, but we will if, you know, we start filling up the now extra classes. Yeah. So what would you say, like in your group classes, you probably in that space, right? Because the thought of leaving a space is always like anxiety inducing. You have a nice space there. You probably could hold a roster of what, maybe 200, a little over 200 people if you had those classes filled and everything worked out just right so the classes were even, right? Yeah, I think uh, 200 would be probably pushing it yeah. in this space um you know 150 i think would max us out you know having another i mean i know when you think square footage wise it does work that way i mean it might not quite be a full 2000 and then you got to add in the equipment and stuff so you know having two trainers in here at a semi-private running eight people a few times a day i mean it, you can get up there i mean we're looking at like right now around 80 clients so, and it's pretty full, but here's the thing, you know, we don't run all day. Like, obviously I'm sitting here right now, the gym is really closed. Um, so we do have potential to run some afternoon sessions or early afternoon. Um, so there is potential to really max out, but, you know, hire more trainers. It's got snowballs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You gotta, you gotta put the, it's not one foot in front of the other, it's which foot in front of the yeah. other. But it's great that you have, those other offerings, right? Because if you just try to live off group classes, you're going to have your early mornings can be busy. And then maybe you get a midday, mm -hmm. maybe a late afternoon, and then gym owners end up with all this dead space. And if you yep. don't offer some personal training or, you know, I'm, I'm more of a proponent of the semi-private because you can leverage time more that way. Uh, if you don't have those things, 
you're still paying the rent, utilities, you, you got all this equipment, it's not doing anything all day. So even if you can fill in here and there with that, it's pretty low maintenance as far as if you have good trainers that are self-sufficient or you have time and you want to take some clients, it's like, you know, it's a nice break too. And there are people that want it. You know, I have conversations all the time with people, they have a group class model and they're like, yeah, nobody wants that other stuff. I'm like, do you ask? <laughs> because some people want more attention. They'll give you some more money if you give them more attention, more value, more personalization. And, and it's not trying to extract every dollar from people. It's trying to give people what they want to serve them in a way that you, you can't do the same thing in a 10, 12 person class as you can when it's two or three or four. Right. So it's awesome yeah. that, you, that you offer those other things. So as far as other offerings go, do you do any, any nutrition? Do you do any supplements, apparel? Do you have any other revenue streams, anything else that you focus on besides just the training aspect? No. Um, and I see it all the time. Here's where we get into the, uh, I hear other gyms selling retail and doing protein shakes, you know, you know, a few around here do it and they make, I sometimes hear some more money uh, on retail than they do in some of the training. Um, and that's funny to me because I didn't get into the retail business, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, and I'm, and it's not that I, once again, I'm a trainer first, you know, and then we become business uh, people. And now we have to realize how do we make the bottom line go up? I actually am in the process of working with somebody for uh, uh, apparel right now. I do have shirts that we've bought in the past and we've just sold them, you know, to our clients. But now I'm uh, one of my clients actually um, does screen printing. So we're going to get uh, a bunch of options going. We're about to put our list out and stuff like that. So we're moving into that part. Um, you know, we have a full kitchen right next door here in this other room that we rent here from. And it's not technically ours to use, but we can. But I could run shakes out of there all day long. But, you know, I am only me right now. So to get that started, I can't be training. Hey, let me go make a shake real quick for this guy. And then this girl wants something else. Hey, let me sell some apparel. It's just, that's where I have to get the ball rolling. And that's where um, the knowledge from other gym owners and is it worth it? And I've talked to some uh, different smoothie people, you know, oh, you could get this going. I'll set you all up. Um, you know, it's all in the works, but sometimes I kind of want to grow this place in the fitness aspect and then buy a, another piece of property and put another building up the way I want to do it, you know, and putting, you know, a protein shake scenario in there having, you know, apparel, you can just come in and buy. Um, but I thought about it and I'm just trying to really wrap my head around the money part of it and how to do it and the management part, because it's so hard to put yourself in, you know, I do have a bookkeeper, thank God, but you know, they take care of that stuff, but you know, to do the training, to do the uh, assessments, to do uh, the scheduling, you know, I had a trainer that just left, she went back to Florida. So I'm pretty much by myself and I have one other trainer that does the nights right now, but you know, as I told you earlier, I train in old Lyme at another facility. Um, so I'm here and then I'm there and then I go home. And when I didn't have the other trainer at night, I was here, there, back here, back home. So I'm grinding it out. Like, you know, most of us, uh, you know, I still consider myself a beginner business owner, you know, training has been almost 10 years, but you know, the beginning is, uh, the business It's tough, you know? 
and really just lining up a team would be nice. I, I know what other gyms around here that have a team. I know, you know, as we spoke earlier, you know, how you got going, you had a partner and it, it just helps when you have other people working with you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Team, team can be everything. So, you know, you, you said you have one trainer, you had one that went to Florida and, you know, Florida is Florida. It's hard to compete with that in some ways. So, um, what is your, your preference or have you found over the years that if you get somebody who's a trainer or an employee or something like that, have you found that the most interesting people are the people that are already bought in people that are clients of yours? Have you hired from outside? Uh, I know you haven't had a lot of employees, but even for people that you were interested in, have you found that it swayed one way or the other? Oh yeah. You know, that's actually, you know, that's the hardest part about business I think is hiring some, you know, good, uh, employees. Uh, we've been lucky, uh, the way we've found people have been, you know, word of mouth. Um, I had a really great trainer that was here not too long ago and he ended up going off on his own and starting his own practice, pretty much doing a lot of like one-on-ones, um, and getting a small space with his wife who does yoga. So, you know, that's the beauty of it is, you know, you get new trainers that are, you know, just certified and you can come in. They, they don't, you know, they're, they're ready to learn. They're ready to learn your way and they don't expect top dollar and you can afford to pay them. You know, um, a lot of people, when they get to be a trainer, they think, okay, I'm going to go out and just go to everybody's house and train people for 65, $75 an hour, whatever it is they decide they can do. And it sounds glamorous, but you're running around like a crazy person. And then, you know, then when you go to a gym and they hire you and they're paying like 20 bucks an hour, it's like, well, I was making this. Well, you're making more per hour without driving around. Uh, but you always want to own your own place when it's, when you're in this business, because you have the option. Um, lately it's been, I've been trying to find another person, the girl that just went to Florida, ironically, during the shutdown, when we were all closed, I was running on the East Lime track and I saw this girl in the middle of the track doing a, a, a swing with a dumbbell. And what's funny about that story is that I was impressed. I was like, oh, when I first learned how to do a kettlebell swing, it was with a kettlebell. You know, I came from a gym that didn't have kettlebells. It was dumbbells, racks, heavy stuff. And I started using this kettlebell and I'm like, great. Okay. Well, that's what I use a kettlebell swing for is, you know, kettlebell. And I saw this girl doing a dumbbell swing and I was like, that's intuitive, you know? <laughs> so I was going to approach her. And then I was like, eh, cause I needed a, a trainer at that time. I had just lost my other one and um, I didn't. And I said, okay, I'm just going to leave her alone. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? So we ended up walking to our cars together at the same time. And I just was like, well, it's kind of fate. So I asked her, I said, Hey, are you uh, by a trainer by chance? I figured maybe she was one that was out of work and she's just trying to get some work in. She's like, no, but it's ironic. I want to be. So I said, all right, well, here's my card. You know, I'm a gym owner. Check me out online. I'm not weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not, you know, hitting on you. So I gave her the card. She checked out the website and she uh, called me a couple of weeks later and said, Hey, I'm, I'm into it. And I trained her and I got her certified and her boyfriend came. I helped him get, you know, he's not quite certified yet, but he's you know, he moved down to Georgia, I believe, you know, and they're both finishing out their college now, but it was really great to like help somebody. I like training trainers. Like that's the fun part, you know, training, you know, clients is like second nature to me, but then training a trainer to train a good client is, is the tough part. Um, so right now I'm still, I'm in search. So if you know anybody out there, you know, now's the time. Is this my, uh, is this my ad space? I can <laughs> shoot it out there. I need a trainer. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll make sure we get all your information out there, but um, 
I, I really, I'm interested in, I see the progression, I see where things are going. You have the vision, you know that there are things that you need to put into place. You know, the self-awareness is, is really a key thing, right? Because you can't, you can't be a business owner, especially in this space, and just keep your head in the sand, right? You know, you know what you're good at, you know what you need to learn more about, you're there. So ultimately, I know you said that, you know, the plans somewhere down the line, You'd like to be in a, you know, uh, your own space, a bigger space, something like that. What do you see in your head as a timeline for that? And in what's the, you know, one year, two year down the line goals look like as far as, you know, it looks like you're poised for some growth and some progress and next steps here. What does it look like in your head? Yeah, good question. That's a, what what's realistic and what's a fantasy, I guess is a, you know, two different things right <laughs> well you'd be surprised you know a lot of times you know part of the reason we do this podcast is you know gym owners you know it's tough if you don't see it or you don't hear about it it's one of the reasons we do it so people have some lofty goals and thankfully you know we talk to enough where we can say oh yeah that's that's totally doable so i'm always interested to hear both so you know my real plan is to I actually have my real estate license too. Uh, one of my friends, he was my roommate and he's a broker. So he said, when he sold me my house, he was like, Joe, you know, get your license. He was like, sell houses on the side. You know, you have the liberty and the free time when you got trainers working for you, you go out and, you know, do that. So I'm always looking for land. I'm always, it's, I, I, right now, that's the really the biggest thing is finding the location. So you don't want to go to a place where it's saturated with other gyms. You want to find a place that, you know, I'm used to being on the shoreline. Um, you know, you know the difference because you talked about moving a gym to, you know, Norwich, and you know it's a different demographic out there, different type of money. You know, down here on the shoreline, people pay. You know, they pay what everything's worth. You know, but it's different when you're going into. I work. I lived in Norwich for a long time. Um, it just changes. You know. So really, I'd like to find somewhere down here because I know the area. I know the people. Um, I mean, East Lime's a good spot. Old Lime's a good spot. Old Saybrook's a good spot. Stonington's a great spot because there's really not much here. You know, there's a couple small gyms around me, um, but there's plenty of people. You know, it doesn't matter if there's a gym, you know, 15 minutes away or in Westerly where it's pretty flooded. You know, it was at one point. Um, I just think that in the next five years would be a logical time for me to keep building this business. Um, you know, and then I think about, all right, let me start one at old Saybrook. And I'm thinking maybe I should grow this one and not start another one somewhere else uh, because this one's already thriving and I just need to make it mine and make it the way I want to make it with my space and not, you know, we have a great space. We have great landlords. Um, it's not really about that. It's just, I could use a little bit more room. Wouldn't mind um, bigger bathrooms, a little bit more options for people to maybe, you know, take a shower or something like that. Um, not a major deal or a deal breaker, but um, I would like to see, like, I would like to kind of combine it with some of my other professions. My wife and I both worked in restaurants for a long time. So we were thinking about doing some like a healthy food place next door with a coffee shop. So I kind of want a building with a gym and a coffee shop next door. And I don't mean just coffee, like I'm talking acai bowls, poke bowls, protein shakes, but not being exactly part of the gym, having two separate entities with kind of a common area in the middle. That's like my dream, really, you know, because, you know, I know both ends of the of the spectrum on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool concept. And owning your property has a lot of upside. There's 
you know, your flexibility, the tax benefits, paying yourself rent is nicer than paying somebody else rent. So, so absolutely. I think, uh, I think the sky's the limit for that goes. So, uh, we are just about running out of time. Unfortunately, these things always fly too much, but I did say, you know, I do want to make sure people can find you if they're listening, Joe. So what's your website? What's your social media? How can people find you online? Yeah, I mean, fitnostics.com. I mean, Google it. That's the plan, you know, go there. Um, same with uh, Instagram and Facebook, just dial in Fitnostics in Stonington, Connecticut. And, you know, it pretty much pops right up. I mean, I did get a little bit of, uh, I, I spent some money on a website optimization, you know, getting to learn how that works and, you know, getting us, you know, in a Google search. I mean, for years when I, before I took over, it was, you know, you look up gyms in Stonington or Mystic and we didn't even make it to the first page or a second page. And now we're being found, which is a huge benefit, which I've learned. That was one of the first things I learned in, in marketing was getting website optimization uh, up there. So that helped. But Yeah, awesome. So fitnostics.com, go on to Instagram, fitnostics training, all the links are on the website. Joe, I thank you so much for your time and being here today. I really appreciate it. Sweet. I appreciate being on too. You guys are doing the right thing. Thank you, sir. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time too. We thank you for spending some of your day with us. If you want to hear more episodes, of course you do. Hit the subscribe button. Get notified when new episodes drop. Leave us a like, a comment, a review. We love all the feedback. And if you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.